everyone, this is the Paperback Possibility Podcast. It's our very first episode. I'm Ashley. I'm Alfie. And today we are going to, well, not just today, for the whole of the season. Yeah, for the whole of the year. The whole year. We're going to be coming to you every single month talking about, well, one of two books. Yes. So basically how it works is I will come to Alfie and I'll say, hey, Alfie, I'd like to read this book or this book. Which one would you like to choose? And Alfie will say, hmm, this one sounds a little bit better. We've been doing it for a couple of months now. Um, not It, it wasn't supposed to be we didn't, a month by month basis. No, we didn't initially come up with the idea of doing it as a podcast. We thought we just wanted to read books together. <laughs> and then if you like the first month in, I think before we'd even finished the first book, you came to me and was like, should we make a podcast about this? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then several months went by and here we are. Here finally we doing are. It. Yes. So we have decided on the longest name possible. The Paperback Possibility Podcast. Yeah, it's lovely alliteration, the PPP. Uh, the PPP, otherwise yeah. known as the PP Pod. Yeah, <laughs> the PP Pod. Um, and we are going to be trying our best to review some books, but also just having a sort of cosy book conversation with you all. Like, if you want to get a cup of tea, pause the podcast, get some coffee, you know, whatever you drink, yeah. sit down with us. Think of it like we're your personal book club. Personal book yeah, club. Where it's just the two of us and we talk to you, but you don't say anything <laughs> to us. <laughs> yeah, the, the great news about the podcast is as well, at the end of every episode, we'll be like, well, this is the possibility of what we're reading next month. So if you do want to pick it up, you can do, and then you can have some kind of idea. Um, the podcast will be split into different sections as well. So the first section will be talking about a general overview of the book what we liked, what we didn't like. But then as the podcast goes on, and we'll sort of tell you when it is as well. We'll sort of dive a little bit more into spoiler territory. Yeah. So if you decide you want to read it for yourself, pause it, come back when you've read it, and then you can listen to the rest of the pod. Absolutely. And then we'll be recording that decision at the end of the podcast of what book we'll be reading next. So this time it's my go to present the two ideas so i'll present two books at the end of the podcast to ashley and then she will decide which book we'll be going ahead for next month and then yeah and then you guys will know what we're doing let us know as well if you're listening to us you are kind of excited about the idea of the paperback possibility podcast as well if there's any books that you really love or you want us to read um, for whatever reason let us know. Yeah. And you'll have about a month to get through each book. Yeah. So well, hopefully it's plenty of time. Um, and let us know what else you're reading. We'll probably do a little bit at the end as well of what... We're, these aren't the only books that we're reading. So yeah, yeah. We'll do a little bit at the end as well of like what personally we're each reading. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. That covers it all. I think so. I think you did a really good job of covering it all. Thank that you was very lovely. Much. I'm good at covering things. <laughs> <laughs> Furniture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We decided this month to go into our local bookstore. Yeah. And as we always do, we peruse the books. And I'm a Kindle girly. So am I. <laughs> the best Kindle <laughs> yeah. girly. And what we like to do is we like to have a look and then, you know, it's usually cheaper on Kindle. I yes. will say that much. I hate buying books on Kindle and not supporting like the... I prefer a paper book. I do. I use, But I will usually buy a paper book once I've already read it and know that I like it enough yeah, to have fair. an edition of it that I like to look at. Yeah. Um, like Lord of the Rings and things like that. I mm -hmm. like to have those. But um, for the most part, I don't... The amount of books that 
both of us read if we bought a, sing- a book every single time our entire house would just be piles and piles of books yes um, so the digital way does work a little bit better for us yeah and i get headaches when i read physical books as well yeah. i prefer to have my font size very big on kindle not like massively big but bigger than most people bigger I than think. i have it yeah, yeah. bigger <laughs> alfie likes to have it um is it serif fonts with the, with the capped edges? And yes, I read it yeah. sans serif. Like, it's close to Times New Roman as I can get it. Yes. Yeah. And I think I'm Amazon open sans. Yes. So, you know, between us, we do things very differently. As we were walking through Waterstones, not sponsored, we well, obviously not sponsored, <laughs> we found a book. This book on the shelf just jumped out at me, right? Yeah. It looked really cool. I'd never seen a book cover like this before. And it looks like... Weirdly enough, Amazon packaging. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I looked at you and I said, "Hey, this looks like it could be a good one." And I found another book. I can't remember what the other one That's was. That's the thing. At this I point. think this the other this book was so obviously the one we were going to choose yeah. that the other one just I don't even remember what it was. No. I think it was something from the same pile. It was dystopian. I yeah. think I was really You're craving in the, on the dystopian table. If yeah. you ever been to Waterstones, you know they have their tables. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, their tables. You were climbing all over that dystopian. I was table. on top. I was jumping up and yeah. down. I found this book. It was in this Amazon style book cover packaging. And if you haven't already worked it out by the title of the podcast and the description of the cover, the book is Quality Land by it's Mark Uwe Kling. I believe is how you say his name. He's a German author. Yeah. And this is his first book that's ever been translated into English. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the first thing I'll note as well, it's a very good translation. It's brilliant. You, if you if I didn't know that it was originally in German, I no. would not have known that it had been translated into English. I mean, the languages are obviously very close, so it wouldn't have been that hard anyway, but it is a very, very clear translation as far as, and we'll get into it as we go through the overview, but as mm. far as like how the jokes land, a lot of like the turns of phrases that the characters use, like it, it's translated very well. It's not like just straight word for word. I think that's the thing. If I hadn't seen that first page on my Kindle that was like, this is Mark Uwe's first yes. English translation, as you say, I would have it would have gone over my head. I wouldn't yeah, have yeah. even thought about it. I'm going to start by reading you the blurb. Thank you. <laughs> as if you haven't already read yes. the book. Um, and them the blurb as well. And, and you the blurb. Yeah. If you're watching this, we've got some clips on TikTok. I don't think we're going to upload the video to YouTube, but if we do, hello. Yes, hello. Welcome. We're filming in vertical. Um, That's why we won't be uploading to YouTube. <laughs> okay, so the blurb. Welcome to Quality Land. We hope you enjoy your trip to the happiest, most advanced place on Earth. Qualityland is the world's first 2.0 country where everything is run by infallible algorithm including, in bullet points, society, in brackets, in which everything is ranked by level, shopping, in brackets, orders arrive before you even know you want them, relationships, in brackets, you'll be notified instantly if there's a better match. In fact, this very algorithm selected you to visit Qualityland. If you don't like it, you're not just ungrateful, you're also wrong, because the algorithm is always right. While visiting, be aware there's an election going on, the perfect time to see Quality Land in action. Enjoy your trip! Perfect. I Right, so this book immediately 
was like I was drawn to it by the cover, and they say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but unfortunately, I always judge books. I by always their judge cover. them by their covers yeah. too, which I guess is why it's kind of better to be reading again on Kindle for me, yeah, so I definitely. don't judge it by its cover. But I have to say, I saw this book, it jumped out at me. I decided to pitch it to you as mm. one of the first books of the year. Yeah, which we read. We did. I read it in two, maybe three sittings. I'm a very much a pick up the book, read as much as possible, finish it kind of yeah, person. Yes, whereas I'm the opposite. I chip away. I'll read mm. like 10 pages every sitting, but I'll have like two or three sittings a day and that's it. Whereas you you pick up the book first thing in the morning and then you put it down before you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and and you've already, you've basically read the whole thing. I really like doing that. I think that that suits me and your way suits you. Yes, absolutely. I like I like to be like, oh, I've got... 10 minutes i'll just open up and that's the other thing about reading digital as well it's like you just you open can. up and it's just like yeah it's on my phone or it's on my kindle yeah. um i'm worried that we're making this sound like it's an ad we're an advert for kindle we're not an advert for kindle <laughs> we are not sponsored um, however amazon if you want to get in yeah, touch get involved. i feel like this book is very good at launching you straight into the world absolutely i think that's its greatest strength is how vivid the world is. You yeah. immediately feel like you're there. Even the, 100%. The introduction, like, we won't go into spoilers, but the introduction, the first prologue chapter is very much just an extension of that blurb. It's yeah. very much, it's almost like you're reading a flyer for yes. this place. And you read that and that's like three or four pages long of just like, this is what it's like. This is what you see as you kind of come in. These are the attractions on your left. These are the attractions on your right. Try this, try that, try that. But the whole way through that prologue, it's basically saying to you, you don't know what you want, but we do. Yeah. And and that's kind of the, the attraction of the of the place itself. I think as you get more and more into the book as well, I don't know about you. There were several occasions where I had chills. Yeah. Because the overall tone of the book feels very much like this is something that we are heading towards. Yes. It doesn't feel dystopian in a way that's like completely untouchable. No. This is dystopian, like give us 10 years. Yeah, yeah. If you were and to we're put, there. If you were to put like, you could see this being a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, 100%. Or um, if you look at something like Brave New World, which is like kind of the Godfather book of dystopia or like 1984, things like that. Those books feel a lot more further away. They're kind of these like dark, drab visions of the future that are like, if we keep going like this, this is where we're going to end up. But like that's in time, time away. Yeah. This feels like if someone, if if this started happening like next week, I don't think I'd be surprised. No. Um, because of the way that we we like sort of absorb content these days. The way the book works is it's broken up as well with these sort of flyers yeah. and newspaper clippings throughout. So every chapter or so, they'll have another snippet. Now, I think it's not unfair to say you were skipping through them. Not at all. I, I remember when we were about halfway through the book, we, were, we chatted about it and I described them as like, they feel like ad breaks, yeah. like commercial breaks, which is exactly the point of what they're supposed <laughs> to feel like. They're ad breaks for exposition i yeah, guess exposition, it's just yeah. like a, a little like two or three page dump of exposition of something that's not unrelated to what's going on in the story but is very much like this is what's happening over here mm. because of that um it's things like reviews for products yes. um and then news posts headlines yeah. and things for things that are going on in the world so if you like that sort of like 
I would describe it as sort of like window dressing of exposition. Um, I like that, it, window dressing. It fills in very nicely. But for, for someone like me, who I... I don't love that kind of storytelling because I'm I'm just I'm just like I just want to know what happens next yeah. next. Um I felt like they really it felt like I was driving along and then suddenly I had to put the brakes on and just watch an ad break <laughs> and then I could go again. So that's yeah. why I I started skipping through. I'd scan read them but I did I didn't find them that I didn't think they added much for me yeah. personally. I'd say if you're going through the book yourself if you've decided to pick it up and read it I found they were really good for that expedition as we were talking about exposition yeah because all of the names in the books are sort of notable characters not like they're important to the world but important in ways to the story like there is one person who we're introduced to who is the person who's sort of writing all the articles which isn't really a spoiler Mm. um but it is just that world building and i think that's the thing that captivated me so much about this book was the world building yeah that's it's it's as I say, that's its strength. Um, and these things do help with that. But um, I felt those particular moments were a bit too heavy handed. Should we talk about what the story was? We can. Yeah. We should. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> uh, the book follows an election. Yeah. I think is the sort of subplot. Yeah. It's kind of got two plots running through it. Yeah. Maybe three. I was going to say it's three or four. <laughs> yeah. But there's, th- there's two Two main major plots. ones, yeah. and then I would say two subplots underneath that. Yeah. Um, those two being there's an election going on, not a spoiler, where a the very first android has been put up. Not the very first android, as in he was the very first one made. This is the first android to be put up for election. Yeah, as to to kind of run Quality Land. Like th- this is a very human-like robot. Yes, absolutely. His name is John. John the first. John the first. Is it? Yeah, 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 and um, he's. Very human. If you have watched or read Watchmen, have you read Watchmen? I haven't, no. If you, if you have, think Dr. Manhattan. He's very, like, um, practical. Very. He kind of looks at all these problems and he's like, well, there's clearly an obvious solution for this. So he's calculating. Very calculating. Yeah. But he's not heartless. He's actually He actually cares quite deeply about humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and But he's almost a bit like... He kind of looks at the flaws of humanity and is like, well, these things are clearly easily solvable. Um, And the way that he navigates the political situation is very interesting. Um, So that's one plot. And then your other plot is about Peter Jobless, who is uh, a low ranked, we'll get into that, a low ranked individual of this society who suddenly bumps down into like the bottom rank or among the bottom ranks and basically has to um navigate this world as a low rank but he is also very much a typical dystopian protagonist and that he kind of he's one of those i see it for what it is characters yeah and he's very critical of it and he's like this is all ridiculous i don't understand why any of this is happening and so you're watching him navigate his life whilst john the first is navigating the election and then those stories kind of intertwine as the story the story goes on so do the two subplots as well like it all intertwines it all links together which i always like as well yes yeah yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna do multiple plot lines it is nice when they intertwine um personally i generally struggle with intertwining plot lines i'd say a lot of the time i find i'm following one story and then suddenly that story stops now i have to switch Mm. And I don't like that sort of that break because I find that mm. quite jarring. But in this story, I actually found it quite 
useful. It was almost like this is kind of this particular storyline is coming to its natural sort of conclusion. So then we switch and we keep yeah. going with the next one. I this the story itself, Peter Jobless. When the book started, I was reading it. I think we were driving somewhere, and I mm. just read the beginning of it in the car. Yeah. And I immediately had to stop reading and talk to you about it because, and this is not something I do generally, because when we have read the same book in the past, I've just not really discussed it until you're at the same point as I am. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was really interesting straight away is as part of this sort of like world building exposition first chapter is that all of the, now correct me if I'm wrong, the sons are named after their father's professions. Yes. So Peter Jobless would be named jobless because his father didn't have a job. Yeah, his father was unemployed. Yeah, And then all of the daughters are named after their mother's profession. So yes. it is quite binary in that sense. Like yeah. the world is very, very binary. Yeah, it's I'd very male-female. Um, yeah. And what basically starts off the whole story is Peter Jobless is going about his, his daily routine and there are these drones that come and deliver parcels without you asking for anything they just know quality yeah. land knows yeah the algorithm knows and it it, it no, they don't just deliver it like they make the purchase out of your account yes. for you yes. um because they just know that you would want this thing yeah and what arrives at peter's address i think this is the second delivery he has in the whole thing so we've yeah. we've got it set up that he absolutely does want the first thing but he didn't know he wanted the first thing yes yeah the second thing arrived and in the most pg way possible it is an adult toy. Yes. That's pink. Yeah. It's very not Peter. Yes. <laughs> um, Peter, I think, is sort of very much, as you said, a typical protagonist. Yeah. He's not really got much going for him. No. But when this delivery happens, he, like, there's a, something snaps. Something switches. Yeah. And he, he decides that he's going to take it upon himself to go to the company that runs this particular shopping algorithm i can't remember the name of it it's like quality shop or something like it's something along something those like lines. that and he basically is like i need to return this and um he's immediately faced with like the first customer service representative he talks to is like well obviously you want it because we bought it for you mm -hmm. and then it just kind of goes on from there and we'll probably get into more of that when we get to the spoiler part of the episode the pod yeah yeah, yeah. i want to say that this this book went in so many different directions, but it all was so cohesive. Very much, yeah. I imagine imagine you've walked into a world where they know you better than you know you. It's not just the deliveries. So as this is happening, Peter and his long-term girlfriend, who I believe is called Sandra, was it yep, Sandra? Yeah, Sandra, yeah. She she feels like maybe maybe Peter's not the one for her, but mm. she's she's sticking out with it. But then she gets a little notification on her little tablet thing. And it's like, hey, we have someone who might be better for you. This is happening, by the way, whilst they're on a date. Yeah, like they are on at, a they're date. They're at dinner as this happens. <laughs> and there's a... I, I can't remember exactly how they call them, but the sort of... They have like robotic buddies, like AI buddies. Yeah, so they ha everybody has like a, a little... It's almost like a little electric worm. They call it an earworm, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that goes into their ear. And it's like, it's like a, if you think like a, a PA, like a personal assistant, mm. an AI personal assistant that kind of lives yes, in your head. that's a brilliant way to um, say it. And um, 
they essentially tell you what you need to do and what's available and stuff. And you're really your AI sort of matches your personality. Yeah. So Peter Jobless's one is called Nobody, and there's a very funny bit at the start of the book where he Peter Jobless it, it's describing it and it's like Peter named his nobody and nobody always nobody talks to him nobody's nobody tells him, him where to go nobody's there <laughs> for him all the time and it's that kind of that kind of funny play on words but yeah go on with what you were saying about Sandra at the dinner so Sandra gets a little ping in her earworm that's like hey uh we have a better match for you this isn't really doing it so why don't you end things with him and then come and check out this guy uh and she does yeah, she does it then and there. She she pulls out her little personal like tablet thing, which everyone also carries, um, and goes bloop, bloop, bloop. And it sends a notification to Peter's tablet. So he pulls his out and he's like, unfortunately, Sandra has ended things <laughs> with you. We're very sorry about this. But we here at Quality Partner, which is the name of the Tinder-esque sort of dating setup, um, we here at Quality Partner are willing to offer you one free spin to like find your next partner let us know when you'd like to spend it and Sandra like gets up and just leaves Yeah, and he's just sat there at dinner and he's just like whatever, and at that, I think it's at that point because Sandra's left him, Peter then comes down a rank yes, in, the, in society and then is below 10 so the ranking system works in sort of 0 to 10 are the, the, bottom the feeders. lowest of the low, the bottom feeders yeah. and then 10 up is where you go. And then like your high rankers are in the like high fifties and sixties. Um, I think Sandra at that point, she goes from being like a 26 to like a 33. Like, yeah, she's high, She's getting to the high flyers. She's moving up because of her job and stuff. And Peter's not going anywhere. So he drops down when Sandra leaves him. And he drops down to a nine. Yeah, he drops down to a nine. So then a lot of services sort of become unavailable to him. Everyone knows that he's a nine. Like they can see that when they like scan yeah. him and stuff. Um, so he immediately becomes like a lower ranking member of society. And I think it's at that point when Peter kind of is like, screw this and kind of gets all <laughs> up in his huff about it. Yeah. I think that the, I think that's what kicks off the delivery as well yeah. of the adult toy. The fact that he's gone down to a nine, he's clearly unhappy. What makes you happy? Adult toys. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently. Yeah. So we have this story kickoff. Peter now wants to return this adult toy. Yeah. Which, by the way, the detail he tries to call up or he tries to speak to the customer service yeah yeah, yeah. and it's an it's a it's an ai yeah and we've all had this situation happen Absolutely. where we've tried to get through to someone it doesn't work they're giving you like textbook we can't do this and you're like why they can't explain it so you ask to get put through to a human yeah and that's a palaver in it of itself for itself, peter yeah. So he tries to do that. He can't do it. He can't work it out. So he decides that he needs to take this higher. And at the same time, we're being introduced to John the First, this amazingly personable android who no one has ever seen the likes of before. We've got his sort of marketing person. Yeah, his campaign manager. Campaign manager. Yeah. That's that's the word. And she is navigating the whole thing for him, making sure he's liked or disliked or doing whatever it is that they need to do to get him into power. So we've got the the tandem story here of Peter Jobless and John the First. And that's a very interesting dynamic. John very much being of the system and Peter very much being messed up by the system, yes. shall we say. Yeah, definitely. To give a quick overview of John's story before we get into spoilers, he, like I said, is very practical um, he's very, if you think about how political campaigns are run, they're very, they're popularity contests essentially. And there is this specific point when John, I think he like legitimately says 
something along the lines of shouldn't this just be about the policies shouldn't this just be about how i'm going to improve the world and his campaign manager is like are you stupid like of course it's not about that (laughs) this is about getting the votes in so we can get you in and that's that's kind of the gist of john's story he goes to these various places being an android he's very much looked down upon and he's like not considered by the more shall we say conservative members of the society to be the right choice because he's new he's an android he's different and you see that when he goes to like various spots among in quality land and how like the viewers and the voters react to him yeah i kind of forgot where i was going with that but that's (laughs) kind of that's kind of it that's kind of john's story um and it's just not you see you kind of see the world from these two sort of ends you see it from john's world which is the top down and then you see it from peter's perspective which is bottom up quite literally literally of how quality land sort of works it's interesting to note as well the sort of tier ranking system it goes from zero to a hundred and a hundred being the top and i remember there being a bit in the book as well where it's like no one's actually a hundred like 99 is the rumored highest because then there's something for everyone at 99 to still achieve like to strive towards because why would you why would you try yeah, if, you if you're already at the top? You just stop. And yeah. the same at the bottom. It said that there wasn't a level one, so two was the highest because you've still got someone to look down on. Yeah. So they there's a rumor that level one isn't a thing. Yeah, either. nobody's level one and nobody's a hundred. Which I thought was very interesting. I did like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to read some out of context quotes before we yeah. get into Spoilers. the spoiler territory, yeah. so that if you do want to know a little bit more before we head into that sort of realm before you read it for yourself if you choose to we can we can do that yeah um i also want to say very quickly there are some content warnings for the book um and that is race and racism Mm -hmm. i think that's a, a quite strong theme yeah there is sexual assault mentioned we have uh suicidal themes and obviously sex because of the nature of the adult toy yeah and actual sexual themes yeah um there is a couple of moments with these quotes. And I got literal shivers. And I don't know if they're going to hit the same out of context. We'll we'll see. The first one I pinged up, the first one I highlighted, uh, was when um, they went to the theatre, Sandra and Peter. Mm-hmm. And they went to see a, a theatre production oh, based yes. on Adolf Hitler's life, yeah. which was very interesting. Uh, that's kind of not important right now no the the highlighted quote i picked up was for a second he is struck by the vague sensation of having just paid for something Mm. you know that just like it just shivers down my spine again the idea that this company has access to your bank account and just pulls stuff out and i think it was in a situation where it was like you don't you're not even there to buy something it has just happened yeah it's the idea that removing your agency is a good thing yes exactly that exactly that and that also is another one of these quotes that is sort of to do with agency i think that's a really strong theme i think you've really done well picking that out um one of the drones is talking um one of i think it's the delivery drone an acquaintance of mine, says the drone, says that people don't write code anymore. There's only the code. The code that writes the code. Yeah. And it takes away, like, all of humanity. Yeah. It's it's all AI-focused. And this book, I think, again, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong I think it was 2017. So it was... Or 20, right. I think it was 2017, and then it was translated in 2020. It was something like that. 
this it was what now seven years ago mm-hmm. and ai being this strong i bet this was dystopian back then when it was written when kling sat down and was like i've got an idea for a book i bet this was more dystopian than it is now when it's we've got the rise of ai like there's a guy on tiktok who sits and reads like has full conversations with an ai mm. i think you've watched some of these videos like over my shoulder but like that's so it reminds me of the film her yeah it's that kind of vibe the last quote that i for some reason highlighted again this sent shivers down my spine an uninvolved witness who was not at the scene of the crime and who didn't see or hear anything voiced her suspicion that the attackers were foreigners like it's so true because there's so much in this world that we are in not the book world our world where just a little bit of what's it called hearsay yeah and that's that forms a whole narrative for for a criminal case and sometimes it is right but in situations like this in the context of the book there is a lot about foreigners like in speech marks yeah and those who aren't native to quality land and there are a lot of references to Adolf Hitler's reign as well. I say reign. I don't know if that's the right term. But Adolf Hitler and the way that he was so... I don't know the words, but mm. he obviously had a vision. Yes. And Quality Land, I feel like, isn't very overt with the fact that they too have a vision. But it's in everything. Yeah. And Peter Jobless has definitely picked up on the fact that there is a particular view of the world that Quality Land wants to put ahead. Yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right. I I, I, I do disagree. I think I think the vision that Quality Land has is actually is actually quite overt. Do you? It comes through in the name, like Quality, oh, Quality Land, Land and yeah. it very much in that brochure at the start of the book. It's very much like everywhere else, not everywhere else, it's more we've got it figured out. Yeah. Like we have figured it out. Like everywhere else is still like way behind and, you know, letting you make mistakes and let you choose things. But we've figured out how to live this perfect life. And basically what we do is we just kind of take all the power away from you and we sort it out for you. And you just do what we say and you'll be fine. And that's the idea that runs through that book. Um, and that's like you say, Peter Jobless gets to that point where he's like, well, hang on a minute, but I, I want to make the choice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then when we get into spoilers, there's one particular conversation in the middle where um, that lasts for a long time, <laughs> uh, which yes. which is very which is basically just outlining the themes of the book. But yeah. So let's get into spoiler territory. Before we do, would you recommend this book to someone? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I would. I think if you haven't read it yet, give it, pick it up. It's a great translation. It's actually a lot funnier than I was anticipating. I yeah, think it's be, got such a dry, it's very dry humour. Um, it's not if it's not like quite as dark as something like Black Mirror or mm. 1984 Brave New World. It's not quite as sad as mm-hmm. those things. Like it's got this kind of fun playfulness. It's definitely very critical. Oh, of, very. Because it is dystopian. Like that's it has to be. It has to be. But <laughs> it's not. It's not trying to upset you or depress you. Yeah. It's basically just being like, isn't this a funny thing that's happening in this fictional world? But doesn't it also have funny parallels with, with our world currently? So I would say as well, if you're a fan of Ben Elton, um, I really like the book Blind Faith. I haven't read it in years and years and years, but Blind Faith by Ben Elton. So when I read the back of this book, that pinged up for me um and I decided that I would give it a go and I from what I remember of all of the Ben Elton books that I read this 
rings in a similar vein. So if you like that, if you like that sort of dry humour, I think it's inherently... It doesn't feel like it's trying to be funny. It feels like it just is. Yes. It's yeah, not like yeah. telling you jokes. No, no, no. It's just the the way of the world. And I do think as well, the way that everything comes together in the book, you need the humour. Yeah, Because it, it, it can get quite, not dark, dark, but it it depends how much you're thinking about it. Like, it, to use a colloquial term, if you're deep in it, yes, it's dark. Yeah, yeah. But if you're just reading it, to experience the world and the characters, then you you'll be okay. Just just don't just don't think too hard about it. But I think it does hit hard where the similarities between this world and the land of quality land hit. Yeah. If you were in on any of the um the scandals to do with Facebook collecting our data and yes, selling exactly. our data. Anything like that. If you're if you're aware of that, like this is very much playing on those sorts of things that have happened in um. in the real world. And what what that kind of letting ourselves be kind of told what to do by algorithms. Yes. This is where that will lead kind of thing. I think another thing to mention as well is that it is a very good standalone novel. Yes. It is standalone. As far as I'm aware, there are no further books in the series. And good news and bad news, I suppose, it was going to be made into a TV series. It might still be, but as you said, like Black Mirror... It was actually picked up for a TV series, but I think it's been scrapped. Mm. I've done a little bit of research. I can't find that it went anywhere. But at the end of the book, my Kindle edition, it does say that it was going to be made into a TV series. So, but I personally don't think it would translate very well. I don't. It reads so well. It reads brilliantly, but if you look at like the the adaptation into screen of Brave New World, like the the way that that world is is very specific so it's quite difficult to do on mm. screen whereas with quality land and but and brave new world as books you can fill in all the gaps yourself but trying to fill them in on a screen i don't, I don't know how that would work personally but yeah so spoilers um the first thing i do want to pick up is the chapter peter's problem which is the discussion that Peter has with the old man, who's kind of this sort of like kook, like Tim Four hat. He lives in like this glass box and nobody can come in this glass box because he doesn't want to be touched by the algorithm whatsoever. And he basically identifies, he d- describes to Peter what he descri- what he calls Peter's problem. Um, and he laughs and he's like, I've just come up with the name for this term and we're going to call it Peter's problem. And what Peter's problem is, is basically algorithm has misrepresent him. He has been, the algorithm has put together his profile over years and there's been, whether it's a glitch or like a slight misreading in the coding, or they've just misunderstood who he is as a person, they've basically decided that he is somebody that he is not. And that's why he got sent the adult toy. (laughs) Um, and there's there is one quote that I um just want to say. Just for anyone listening at home, Alfie is now scrolling through the book, trying <laughs> desperately hard to find this quote. This is the old man speaking. We can't make the mistake here that all the others make. The net doesn't customize itself to you, of course, but to the image it has of you, your profiles. Do you see your problem now? If your profiles are incorrect, then Peter comes in then I'm living in the wrong world. And essentially what's happening is the digital algorithm is creating Peter's world around him and providing him with things and content and things to look at that they think he wants. 
this is very much a commentary on how in social media we're very much presented with ideas that align with ours we're not presented with ideas that challenge ours which is how we've kind of seen a slow rise in social media of like extremism and right-wing sort of views and what the old man is saying is that if the algorithm has decided you are this particular way it feeds you more things to kind of make you more of that person and if you're not that person then this algorithm is going to make you that person by creating this world around you that um, fits this viewpoint that it thinks that you have, um, which basically means that you can't change. You don't have any agency over your life. The algorithm decides what your life is for you and the person that you are for you. And that's Peter's problem in that if the algorithm has decided you are a person that you're not, you have Peter's problem, which is that um, you're control over your life has been taken away from you and I love that that was my favorite part of the book but I know that you hated that part of the book yeah <laughs> there was this this sensei kind of moment with this old tinfoil hat man yeah now I feel like if it was in any other book I'd really enjoy that yeah but oh my goodness that went on for pages and it pages does. and pages and it's pages. a whole chapter and it's like necessary exposition I think it's very necessary but the way it was written just took me right out. I was reading that like it was a chore. Yeah. Whereas you loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I, thought, I it was thought it was incredibly difficult to get through. But I think there were other bits of the book that I breezed through, and you, like the flyers. Yeah. And you I, found I, them I just like not those, okay. Yeah. But the that sort of meeting of the the old man with the tinfoil hat kind of pushes the rest of the story into hard flow. It does. It gives Peter, it kind of tells Peter like, this is what your issue is and this is what you need to fix. And it gives Peter then the confidence to take this return of this item to the company to like the most extreme that it can go. Yeah. And so what happens is Peter tries to return the adult toy. And as you said earlier, he gets on the phone to a, an AI and the AI is basically like, well, we haven't made a mistake because obviously you want it because our algorithm says you want it. Yeah, it's the algorithm says it, so it must be true. Exactly. He eventually does get through to a real person, but the real person on the end of the line is like extremely rude and annoyed that somebody's actually called them. The audacity. Because wh who calls them? Because the AI does that. So that yeah. The person is like, oh my God, why do I have to talk to you? And there's no like customer service sort of thing. It's basically just off. Oh, Christ, okay, I'll put this on through. It's just like, and then he, the the person goes through and basically what is revealed is the person is then themselves talking mm. to the AI and the guy says, well, the AI says that you wanted it. So that's all right. I can't do anything else. And Peter's like, no, this doesn't make any sense. Because it doesn't. Exactly. And um, Peter then takes it upon himself to essentially take it right to the top. Um, Peter has these android, he's a scrapper. Um, or he's supposed to be a scrapper what he actually does is he takes the old androids and puts them in his basement and he has this like little collective of like wacky androids that are, <laughs> that are not good at their job but are all kind of their own little kook and he kind of lives with them in his basement and there's like a little iPad that's really like quite sweet and funny and this like robot that used to like write books but decided that it didn't want to write the books that the market wanted it wanted to write its own books and so they scrapped it to get in a new robot and then he has an old military robot that was scrapped because all it does is now all it knows how to do is just punch down walls <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> and, and don't forget the delivery drone that's scared of flying yeah the delivery drone that's scared of flying so it's all that sort of thing and that's where a lot of the comedy of the book 
comes in. Um, and what Peter ends up doing is he, one of the robots is also a, uh, shall we say, an adult friend worker. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. an escort robot. <laughs> oh yeah, escort. That's um, a good one. For for women. Um, and, and it's a, it's a male presenting robot yes, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what he ends up doing, and the robot's called Romeo. Um, and <laughs> which you think wouldn't be important, no. but it kind of adds to it. Yeah, and he takes this his little band of robots to the TV studio. And what's happening at the TV studio is Juliet, um, who is, who has a funny like last name, but I can't remember exactly what it is, um, is presenting this talk show. And when you're watching this talk show, depending on how much how high your rank is and how much you're contributing to society. You see Juliet with less clothes on. So the highest... I never picked up on that. Did you not pick up on that? So Juliet basically is... She's actually naked when she's (gasps) presenting the show. But the lower rank you are, the more clothes that you see on her. Oh, I completely missed that. Yes, but when you're high rank, you see her completely naked. And it's very funny. Right at the start of the talk show, we get a kind of snippet into how that's going and the person that she's interviewing comes on and is like so shocked that she's actually naked and he can't like he's kind of like really nervous and like sitting like funny um I bet. yeah yeah yeah. so that's so that's happening so this talk show is happening and being interviewed on the talk show is the is one of the like representatives of quality shop i can't remember if it's actually called quality shop but it's something like that it's it's there if it's not. yes and peter's like well i'm gonna get there and I'm going to, on TV, basically call them out for this thing. And there's this very funny kind of classic hijinks moment where all the robots kind of have a little funny job that they do to get Peter into the um, into the building. And obviously, Romeo used to escort for Juliet. And they have like a very cute moment which gets which kind of distracts everyone, which gets Peter onto the TV. And he confronts um, this quality shop representative with this situation and it's basically like you've given me this it doesn't belong to me i can't believe why you've done this and then he goes on this big speech where he essentially regurgitates everything that the old man said on tv to everyone and it's an immediate like social media hit he goes viral people are like screaming about him in the streets people are like going on demonstrations being like i've got peter's problem as well and he talks about all that stuff and he suddenly becomes very famous and obviously that means that his rank starts going up and he but he's very much humbled by the whole thing and it's just mm. like well this is just i don't want this i just want to return my adult toy yeah that is all he wants that's all he's saying that he wants yeah. in in life is to return this toy yeah absolutely um he does eventually end up speaking to um the the leader of quality shop in what i think is one of the weaker scenes i don't think it really i liked it i I struggled with that bit do you want to go through it because i actually can't remember it specifically i from what i remember again my memory is not very good we go on a on this sort of quest yes to find the owner of quality Land, not quality Land, the quality shop now this is the last ditch attempt to, yeah. to return this he is toy. Taking Everything it to the else top, has failed. Top, top, top guy. Like literally, the guy who owns and may as well own Quality Land, by the way, because yeah. he has so much power He's over the everything. As He's well, yeah. yeah. So they all go. The person, I, I feel like we've left out quite a lot. So there's not too many spoilers. If you, if you want to go back and you want to read it, you're gonna like be like, oh, they didn't even mention this character or this side plot. Mm. But they're on this quest. It's all of the droids that are necessary. The militant droid is like 
packed into a suitcase. Yeah, in the boot. In the boot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're driving down and we see... Now, I pictured him as like Richard Branson. Yeah, very much, yeah. I don't know. Like in a robe, you know, like yeah. well-groomed. I can't remember how he's portrayed in the book, but this is like, this is a guy who has money and he has fame and he has ranking like yeah. he is like up in the 90s if not 99 like yeah he's, he's up one in of the, the top 90s. guys yeah they <laughs> pizza jobless and this guy whose name i cannot remember for the life of me but the shop owner they are sat at a table mm. and there is this whole like confrontation of the scene where peter's like i just want to return this and the guy is basically like no yeah it's not happening sorry we are right yeah like, he- it's everything that we have been told through and through and through the book, this guy is just doubling down. Yeah, tripling and, he, down and he's on. saying, and he, his the, his point essentially is, is if I fold to you, the entire system fails. Yeah, that's it. It's broken. Yeah, yeah, I need I need this to I need you to be wrong because if I'm wrong, then everything that this society is based on will fall apart. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and there's like this whole conversation about the dynamic shifting, and there are like. Uh, what what would we call them that is in a uh, friendly for the algorithms way to say because people call them pew pews but there is a, a pew pew on the scene yeah there is a pew pew on the scene um that is in the possession of this very rich man <laughs> and uh yeah things things kick off yeah there is threats of unaliving um <laughs> towards peter for his like transgressions against against quality land and yeah. against the idea it's like of it. treason yeah essentially he's, he's, yeah he's, essentially he's yeah treason so that all that all happens and then we swing into the end of the book yeah, basically yeah, yeah. um now i don't want to spoil the end okay but i do think that john's character is is a, obviously a massive part in the book and Huge, especially yeah. towards the end yeah um i will kind of spoil the overall feel of the end of the book. So again, if you've watched this far and you don't want spoilers to this the end. It. This is it. This is the your ultimate spoiler warning. Yeah. The ultimate ultimate spoiler warning. We're gonna give you like two seconds to click off. If this warning wasn't enough. Yeah. Okay, right. So at the end of the book, this is like the thing the thing is, the whole book, nothing happens. Like everything happens but you are in exactly the same place as when you start yeah and i love that i love it so much it's very thematically consistent with 100 with what the book is about yeah. in if the you, don't you have can power, struggle you can struggle as much as you like but nothing will yeah. change nothing is going to change exactly that um i haven't even mentioned like some of my favorite characters that are in this book. I really love the storyline. I want to call her Brandy, but her name is not Brandy. But with the one of the politicians, mm. he's called Martin. His wife. Yes. I love her story. Yeah. That's very much in there. I feel like I feel like it wrapped up so well. Yeah. Um, that's and it's that story itself. It's kind of like a subplot of John's story. What's going on with Martin? But it's more like the breakdown of Martin's marriage with yeah. his with his wife. So there is something in there for everyone. It's not just like this is an AI that's taking an AI system that's taking over. No. It's also there is heart in this book. Massive, yeah. And again, don't want to spoil like the main thing that happens at the end. No. But the way that the AI acts or the the big AI character acts at yeah. the end was actually a little bit heartbreaking yeah. like in the best way like it was heartwarming it made you feel like 
there is hope yeah after all and there are just all these little allusions throughout the whole book to something happening like this yeah and then it does and it's like wow okay so yeah. that is how a book ends but it is like this whole thing where peter doesn't win no peter does not win there is there is no way he's he's won this but he has maybe a girlfriend at the end like he has someone who he's into yeah he has his little band of robot buddies yeah that that love him the and he system, loves them i feel like is shaken yeah it's it's not fixed it's not broken it's the flaws have shaken. been shown yeah it's yeah. like you know when you have a disaster movie and there's a crack in the floor and that tells you it's starting yeah that's how sort of the book ends it feels that kind of that vibe of that is the way yeah, it's going absolutely but i i just i loved it yeah, I loved it. And it's interesting that you say that. I think this book could have been 700 pages longer. And yeah, this could have definitely. been just the first part. And then we go and we watch this society just crumble yeah. and just like fall apart slowly. It could have been a prequel. Yeah. Like 100%. To a like straight up like post-apocalyptic novel yeah. as like society has just fallen apart yeah. under the weight of itself. And this is how it got there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's probably, it's not my, f- it's, it's probably my favourite book that we've read together. Yeah, I agree. I think. I'm trying, to, I can't, I'm blanking on all the other books that we've read. We've read, just as an aside for everyone who is listening and wants to sort of know where we started, we started with The Night Circus. Yeah. And then we read a book, and that was by, I think it's Gwen Morgenstein. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. We've got um, Reluctant Immortals. That's Gwendolyn Christie. Yes. Reluctant Immortals, I love so much for very different reasons to yeah. this one. But I, I, that's my other favourite book that we read. The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstein, I think. Mm-hmm. We've got Stranded by Sarah Goodwin. Which you loved and I didn't love. I love that book. I highly, highly recommend. If you haven't read Stranded, read it. By yeah. the way, if you want us to go into like a, we can do a overview podcast of just these ones that we haven't spoken about. Yeah, just quick ones. Just let us know. Um, then after Stranded we read, there was another one before Quality Land, I'm sure. Yeah, Lighthouse Witches. Lighthouse which Witches. Which I hated. That was interesting. That was by CJ Cook. Yeah. That was definitely the, a journey. One of the most boring books that I have ever read in my life. <laughs> And then from that, it was Quality Land, yeah. and that was the next one. I I want to say Quality Land, I think we should give them all ratings, right? Okay, yeah. I think five is a good yeah, five, we'll out of five. Five out of five, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd give it five out of five. I'd give it... Uh, no points. No points. No so points. If it can't be points, then it's four. I think it's a four, four yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would give it higher. The things I didn't really like about it were how it i agree with you in the flyers just cutting straight into the action yeah i do think it was necessary in some ways for the exposition but i do think it also could have been done better somehow yeah and then the thing that brought it down the most for me was that long scene in with the, it's right in the middle of the it's book right in the middle yeah. it's like it's a break in, or make for me like i if, if we weren't doing it for this challenge i could have put that book down and not gone back to it yeah for um, me, that's when 
it started. That's when I was like, it's almost, it's funny because it's it's almost like the book is now saying like, right, sit down and I'm going to explain to you what this book is about. Yeah, this is where you need yeah. to start paying attention. Bring out your yeah, notebook. Bring out your pencils. notebook. This is the philosophical theme, political theme of this book. Exactly. And I really liked that because I don't mind that sort of over explanation mm. of what's going on. Um, it is very on the nose. It's very on the nose. It's extremely if on the nose. If you don't like things being given to you, like spoon-fed, yeah. you won't like this book. Yeah, you'll struggle. But I do. Like, in this context, if it was a different book, like, I think The Lighthouse Witches did that a little bit, and I didn't love the spoon-feeding. I, I would disagree, but go on. I, I think The Lighthouse Witches kept too much from you until I, right at the end. I disagree. And then but that's what was boring. This is the thing. If you want to hear more, just let yeah, us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're watching on YouTube or somewhere where you can add comments, please do. Yes. Um, I. Why would you not give it a five? Uh, the flyers. Um, I thought they broke up the pacing a bit too much. Mm. I think the pacing is where the book falls down at its heart. It is quite snappy. It does move. Yeah, it moves. But... Um, it also, I think, gets a bit bogged down in itself a lot of the time. And that is most, to me, that's most obvious in the flyer in between chapters bits. Um, because it is a bit like, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I don't need this. We cut this out. And I generally am, I quite like to, I like, I like the idea of like slimming down everything to its most basic you like brevity. Yes, exactly. I think, and it's just, all you need is a bit of an edit. Just slice off the top. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Skim the milk. Yeah. Um, but I also think that four is slightly too low for this book. I, I Yeah, I think four and a half is probably yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Because it is very good. And in terms, it's greatest strength, so it's world building, it's immersion. You really feel like you're there. And it's so well described, but not too much. Like you have enough of your imagination to kind of fill in the fill in the gaps. But it is very good, very enjoyable. And more than anything else, the thing that surprised me, it's just a lot of fun. Like yeah, it's a it's fun, fun book. It's not it's not a dystopia that wants to upset you or make you sad or be ultra critical of humanity. Like it has a lot of fun, it has a lot of heart, and it, and it, as you say at the end, like it has a lot of hope for like what the hope, future yeah. can be. Um, and and I really liked that aspect of it. I think overall, this book is a must read. I think you need to pick it up if you're into reading, or if you want something to sort of get you there. And you're you know eighteen plus. I I do think it does have those very sexual themes. Unless you're comfortable reading that, yeah. I can't recommend it if you're younger just for the fact that it is the sexual themes but if you are comfortable to read those definitely pick it up again there is a lot about race that we haven't covered i yeah. think that is something that's a prevalent theme and is really interestingly talked about as well yeah. especially from a world like quality land that does ring a little bit true of germany yeah germany's preview and germany's history history yeah. germany's history like 20th century germany Particularly mid-century yeah. Germany, um, it does there is have a all lot of, of that themes. sort of thing going on. Um, but let us know what you think. If you've read the book, do let us know. I would be so interested to hear what you have to say. I hadn't heard anyone talk about this book before I saw it on the shelf. So let us know what you think. Yeah, tell your friends about us. Yeah, if you want to hear more about the paperback possibility pod, 
share it with people because that means we'll just do it. We'll yeah. do more. And if they're not on, tell them it's called the PP Pod. Yeah. And at least they'll think that's funny. That and is funny. Yeah. Excuse you. <laughs> but it's everyone's favourite time of the podcast. And by everyone, I mean you and I, because yeah. <laughs> this is the first one that's going out. But I always really want to know what we're reading next. Yeah. Alfie, what have you chosen for us today? Oh, yes. So as a slight recap, at the end of every podcast, what we'll be doing is picking our next book. I think the podcast is going to go out on the 22nd of every month. Yeah. Or around then. So let us know if you have any suggestions. But before we go into that further, Alfie, tell us more. Option number one yeah. is... Bear Mouth by Liz Hyder. Bear Mouth being one word. Bear Mouth. Interesting. <clears throat> Life in Bear Mouth is one of hard labour. The sunlit world above the mine, a distant memory. Reward will come in the next life with the benevolence of the maker. Maker spelled M-A-Y-K-E-R. Newt accepts everything. That is, until the mysterious Devlin arrives. Suddenly, Newt starts to look at Bearmouth with a fresh perspective, questioning the system and setting in motion a chain of events that could destroy their entire world. In this powerful and brilliantly original debut novel, friendship creates strength, courage is hard won, and hope is the path to freedom. Okay, so initial thoughts is, I don't know if that appeals to me. So let's, let's hear what the second one is. The second one is, which I think... Upon finding it, originally when I, I was like so set on bare mouth <laughs> and I was like, I'm not even going to give a second option. I'm just going to put a filler option in there because I just want to read bare mouth. But on getting this one, I'm actually quite interested in this. The Whistling by Rebecca Netley. Alone in the world, Elspeth Swanson has taken the position of nanny to a family in the remote Scottish island of Skelsea. Her charge, Mary, is a troubled child. Distracted and secretive, she hasn't uttered a word since the sudden death of her twin, William just days after their former nanny disappeared. With Mary defiantly silent, Elspeth turns to Islanders, but no one will speak of what happened to William, just as no one can explain the hypnotic lullabies sung in empty corridors, nor the strange dolls that appear in abandoned rooms, nor the faint whistling that comes in the night. As winter draws in and, pass and passage to the mainland becomes impossible, Elspeth finds herself trapped. But is this house haunted by the ghosts of the past or the secrets of the living? That does sound captivating. I will say it's so strange because we've had The Lighthouse Witches and Stranded, which were both on remote Scottish islands. And I didn't like either of those books. <laughs> so this is definitely <laughs> yeah. an interesting one. Now, I have to say, I I know you were excited about Bearmouth. Yeah. The whistling does sound like more my thing. Yeah. But because we've read two similar in terms of geographical locations books yeah. before i'm kind of swinging more towards bear mouth yeah and i it, think your your choices are a sort of ya mining story <laughs> <laughs> or a kind of more traditional ghost story yeah it's a ghost story and it? i really love horror what? As what? as the readers, as the listeners of this podcast will learn about <laughs> me as we it. make more episodes horror is my favorite kind of thing i'm leaning more towards the whistler or the whistling. The whistling. Yeah, the whistling. Okay. But I will say, and not to add this into your into oh your um, determinations, Bearmouth has stronger reviews than the whistling does. See, that, that tips me towards the whistling, though. Yeah. Because I'm not always about strong views. No, I mean, I don't care what anyone else says. I'll, I'll read it and <laughs> <laughs> decide for myself. So what we will do is if one doesn't get picked, it can go back into like the pile of pickings yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for down the line. 
Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be the same every time because that would be very boring. To no, just we always be we always get fresh books. books, but it might be that we go through the book selection. Like, I actually no, I want to put that one back in for yeah. contention. I th- I am enjoying your enthusiasm for the whistling. Yeah, I'm really feeling it. I feel like we go for that. So the next book we're going to read on the podcast is The Whistling by Rebecca Netley. If you do want to pick up a copy, we'll be reading the Kindle version, I we will, suppose. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to pick up a paperback possibility of it as well, yeah, absolutely. please feel free. Um, and we can all sit together. We can decide whether or not it's something that we enjoy. Absolutely. So the episode for The Whistling will planned release date will be February 22nd. Agreed. Yeah. So this episode, we're recording it early January, but will be coming out January 22nd. Mm-hmm. And that'll give everybody a month to listen and read The Whistling if they want to. Obviously, I suppose you don't have to, you don't have to listen to the podcast <laughs> on the day that it comes out if you don't want to. <laughs> but yes, that's the plan. It's, it's, this is going to be a journey of us learning how podcasts work. This is both our first podcast. Yeah. Ashley's a streamer. I have been on the radio a long time ago. You can tell. You've got a very radio personality. Thank you. It's because I'm ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So please take care. Have an amazing start to your new year. If you haven't already, just hope for the best. I feel like it's not about setting goals. I like to set like intentions, things I want to do, but not necessarily like work towards resolutions or goals but if that is your kind of thing and you want to let us know what they are do let us know down in the comments i'm very excited to know more you can also find us on twitter twick talk twick talk (laughs) you can also find us on tiktok at the paperback pos podcast we have a long name. We've had to abbreviate it in a lot of different ways. You can find us on YouTube if you haven't already at the Paperback Possibility Podcast. And I'm really excited for this journey. Me too. It's going to be 12 episodes, maybe more if it takes off, but we're aiming for 12. We're going for the year. So we are going to be bringing you as many possibilities of books as we can. I want to say I'm very excited to be on this journey. Thank you for being the best co-host that I could possibly imagine. Well, I tried. <laughs> Thank you for being the best main host. I'm not the main host. I think you are. Oh. <laughs> okay, Alfie needs to step up next yeah. episode of Family. Well, I will because it's my choice. This is true. Yes, yeah, so we'll be true. switching who's kind of leading the podcast. Yeah, because I picked Quality Land yeah. or I suggested Quality Land. You've suggested the whistling. Yeah. So it looks like I get to get on reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful 2024 and we will see you in February for the next episode of the Paperback Possibility Podcast. Bye. (laughs) 